Hello everyone and welcome back to the AirPod, your most trusted place for all the latest goings on with the British royal family. I'm your host, Omid Scobie, flying solo this week because our dear, dear Maggie Rooney is currently on the road for a story. She will no doubt be with us uh, with a couple of tales to share um, on next week's episode, but that does not mean we have half the content this week. The Royal Family have been very busy. Uh, we've had the Cambridges out and about in London marking the launch of Kate's Hold Still exhibition with the National Portrait Gallery. Prince William has been getting in on the podcast scene, uh, speaking about his outrage of the inner inaction of world leaders on a environmental focused podcast. This obviously comes off the back of his Earthshot prize launch, which we discussed on a previous episode. We also had him picking up a couple of new roles from the Queen and Prince Philip. We'll be getting into a little bit of detail about that later in the show. And Camilla opens up about her mother's struggle with osteoporosis in a new video that was released by Clarence House just yesterday. And of course, we'll be checking up with our dear old friends, the Sussexes across the pond, who've been very busy this week with a collaboration or a partnership with Time Magazine for the Time 100 Talks special focusing on creating a more humane and compassionate digital community that will not only benefit the online world but also the offline world. They spoke with a number of leaders and thought makers across the scene from the tech space um, for what was a very interesting and insightful couple of hours. Uh, it was live streamed earlier this week. We'll be diving into some of the details that came from that. And of course, the big announcement for their nonprofit organization, Archwell, uh, that will be launching later this year. We had some new information on that too, directly from Team Sussex. Of course, we started our week with the Cambridges. Uh, the Duchess of Cambridge was out in London to mark the, or see the final results of the months long uh, Hold Still project that she had partnered with the National Portrait Gallery for here in London. Uh, this was a project that pulled together images from across the country that represented our time in lockdown. Um, a very poignant series of portraits. They had some 30,000 entries and it was the Duchess of Cambridge and a panel of several others that pulled together the final list. And now this the gallery is available online to look at. It's a digital or virtual exhibition, of course, uh, given where we're at. It makes complete sense, but they did want to do something a little bit special. And what uh, the National Portrait Gallery have done is bring many of these images to 112 locations or community sites, as they're calling it, across the UK. Billboards, uh, pop-up exhibitions in the streets, in public areas, towns, villages cities. This will be going on for the next four weeks and William and Kate, who are currently back in London, of course, because the kids are at school, uh, went out together to check out a couple of the sites where the pictures took place. They visited uh, Waterloo, uh, which is a part of London some of you may have heard of. Um, it's uh, not far from the train station and they met with a couple who had actually um, had their images selected for the exhibition and uh, it was a chance for the couple to uh, have a look at uh, some of these images. Uh, more interestingly, I think one thing that tickled the press mostly over here was the fact that Prince William had a little nose or poked his head into a KFC that he passed on the way, um, which somehow ended up being the picture of the day. But of course, 
Um, there was a much bigger issue here, which of course is checking out the images for the whole still exhibit. Uh, so as I said, there are 112 exhibition sites. And you know, this was a chance for the couple, again, to be out and about wearing their masks. I think it's very important for the royal family. It's something that Maggie and I have spoken about a lot is that I think the royal family have really proved their worth and relevance throughout this period by bringing communities together um, and, and being part of the conversations that are being had across the country and indeed in a part across much of the Commonwealth as the world uh, takes on or deals with um, the challenge of the coronavirus. Um, this wasn't the only time that we saw Prince William this week because we also saw him on a podcast called Outrage and Optimism alongside a UN official, Cristiana Figueres, uh, who um, she recently oversaw the delivery of the Paris Agreement on climate change. And she's also a member of the Prince's Earthshot Prize panel. And uh, this was really a chance to hear some of William's thoughts on why the Earthshot Prize was so important to him, but also what he wants to achieve by launching this prize and what he feels can be gained from it. Uh, during the podcast, he spoke about his outrage by the inaction of world leaders around the world um, who, have, in, in his mind, have really failed to uh, take on the appropriate leadership as the world continues to face uh, problems stemming from climate change. I get outraged by the inaction, mm. and that's probably a bit of a yeah. cliche, but that is yeah. what I get most trouble about, especially as I'm in a position of um, responsibility, if you like, or leadership. I feel I can do a lot more if, if given that ability. And, and so therefore, I don't understand why those who have the levers don't. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's what really upsets me and, and, and keeps me awake at night. And I think this was a chance for William to not only speak about the prize but he also shared his sort of hopes for new optimism uh, for people to look for inspiring ways to help fight for the natural world over the next 10 years Earthshot prizes we went into great detail about on last episode do check it out if you want to hear more um, will take place every year in different parts of the world it will be uh, we'll see a, a five million pound or 1.2 million dollar prizes given to individuals or research labs or anyone involved in the fight for our natural world. As we went into great detail about on the last episode or a couple of episodes ago, so do go back and check that out. From November the 1st, uh, there'll be more than 100 selected nominating partners that begin submitting proposals for possible winners of the Earthshot Prize. And this takes place every year right up until 2030. Each year it will see five $1.2 million prizes issued to individuals or research labs or anyone that has contributed towards cutting carbon emissions or anything that helps uh, this fight that we currently have to help the natural world. And this is something incredibly important for William. And I think we'll see him really speaking much more openly about over the weeks and the months ahead. Of course, he's not the only one, the only member of his family that works to save the environment. Prince Charles has campaigned for years. Prince Philip was a leading conservationist. And Harry continues his fight for endangered species, for the endangered species of Africa. He's also championed young activists like Greta Thunberg and is also working on his own sustainable travel initiative called Travelist. And we'll have some news about that, uh, possibly on the next episode. Now, the Queen also was in the news alongside Prince William this week when she gave him uh, two new important roles 
Um, now we've seen over the years, the recent years, the Queen has handed down many of her patronages to younger, more active members of the royal family. And this was a chance for Prince William to take on one that uh, belonged to the Queen. And that was the Fauna and Flora International, which uh, they call themselves the world's oldest international wildlife conservation organization. And then there was one that he picked up from Prince Philip, which is the British Trust for Ornithology. Now, that's an organisation that aims to empower communities to protect local bird, spe bird species and their natural habitats. There had been a little controversy online, um, and I would have loved to have heard Maggie's opinion on this. Um, of course, William, as we know, is a keen huntsman in the UK and has been photographed uh, bagging many a bird over the years. So it was an interesting partnership to see him uh, get together or be a patron of the British Trust for Ornithology. Now, it's obviously important to point out that uh, he's never shot a protected bird. But again, that passion or that taste for hunting is something that will continue to come up, particularly when tackling issues that concern the environment or the animal or wildlife space. Um, and it will, I, I, I do hope at some point we will hear from Prince William or even Prince Harry at some point on perhaps how their views on the sport has changed, why it's something that they continue to do. Um, we see the pictures, we see them do great work in the uh, animal conservation space or animal protection space, but we don't hear much about uh, this sort of passion for, for hunting. So it'll be very interesting. Now, before we go to a break, we did hear from the Duchess of Cornwall, Camilla, this week, uh, who had taken part in a handful of engagements to support a cause close to her heart on a very personal level, osteoporosis. Um, she served as the president of the Royal Osteoporosis Society for almost 20 years now. Her mother died from osteoporosis 26 years ago. She referred to it as a silent disease um, that many have suffered from for decades and uh, something that she is incredibly passionate about and wants to enlighten others on just how important it is to be involved in charities, to educate yourself on the subject. I became involved with osteoporosis 26 years ago after my mother died as a result of this devastating disease. In those dark old days, it was seldom discussed, rarely diagnosed, and usually attributed to old women with so-called dowager's humps. My family and I knew nothing about it and were at a loss to know how we could help alleviate the terrible pain she suffered. But how times have changed. Today, huge strides have been made in the treatment and research into osteoporosis. And we now know how it can be prevented and how we can support those who are living with it. Welcome back. Well, we saw the Duke and Duchess of Sussex uh, back out in action this week when they convened with experts for a tech talk on how the internet is affecting critical issues such as racial justice, gender equity, climate change and mental health. It was a two-hour episode with the Time 100 talk series very popular uh, event uh, hosted by Time magazine. It saw the Duke and Duchess warn of a global crisis of misinformation as they continue to push for a safer, 
digital world. Now, this obviously ties in very neatly with the work that they do with their soon-to-be-launched non-profit organisation, Archwell. They'd already held a number of uh, private conversations with uh, leaders and those in the tech space about this exact subject. They have also become increasingly invested in holding tech companies accountable for the spread of misinformation on platforms such as Facebook and Twitter. And of course, we remember earlier this year, we saw them uh, partner with the Stop Hate for Profit movement, where they reached out to uh, tech entrepreneurs and leaders of many of these social media organizations themselves uh, to continue to push this message. So it really comes as no surprise when it was announced that they had curated this special lineup for Time Magazine series. It was streamed across multiple platforms on October 20th. I believe it reached something like 4 million individuals at the time it was live streamed, but of course uh, still available to watch uh, on YouTube or indeed the Time website as well. They'd both spent a couple of months really working to put together the topics and issues that were discussed in the event and also reached out to many of the individuals that spoke in the event themselves, including friends of the podcast Teenager Therapy, who were on last week's episode talking about their collaboration with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. We heard from them during the special. Um, a great moment for them. Um, but this, again, as I said, uh, you know, Harry and Meghan, they both, you know, I had a conversation with uh, someone on their team this week who spoke about how both of them feel that this has taken a huge toll, or this issue, this digital experience that we currently have has taken a huge toll on the world's emotional and mental well-being, as well as the trust in the information that society con- uh, consumes. Um, as a source said to me, you know, that this is something they really believe in and that they feel that they can, can um, and will uh, work to usher in change. And they believe that critical issues that like that we're facing, as I mentioned earlier, such as racial justice, gender equity, climate change, even our own health, um, you know, this is a belief that they say reflects a core element of Archwell, which we'll talk about later in the show. Now, this, the uh, event started off with a conversation with Edward Felsenthal, who's the editor-in-chief of Time, and Megan explained a little bit about why it's something that they continue to champion and really what it is that they want to see, what change they want to see in that space moving forward. I mean, I think for both of us individually and also as a couple, our commitment to the causes that we have really worked towards for a long time, well before even knowing each other, are unwavering. And it was only in the past couple of years that we both started to connect the dots of all of the work that I was doing on women's empowerment or young girls and their sense of self and self-worth and seeing what the online spaces were doing to that community. And equally, I think, you know, obviously my husband has worked quite a bit in the space of mental health, but also the environment, which you can touch on. Yeah, I think, I think that the, the mental health aspect is the most obvious to people. I think that's very much been uh, a topic of conversation across a lot of the platforms, but also uh, in the media as well. And let's not forget that these places are, are a refuge for some people. But it is a sort of, a, it can be a sort of a, a love-hate relationship. And then it was broken up into a series of conversations. We saw Megan have a one-on-one conversation with a Reddit co-founder and close friend of hers. Of course, he's the husband of Serena Williams, Alexis Ohanian, 
who uh, spoke to Megan about his decision to step back from his role at Reddit so his spot could be filled by a black candidate, something he said he's still receiving hate mail over. You know, it was obviously a decision that was um, influenced by uh, you know, an understanding that the tech space often lacks diversity. I think there have been many conversations over the years about how a lot of these startups were created by a sort of similar type of individual from a similar type of educational background and upbringing. And of course, m- much of that has then fed into uh, the infrastructures and the sort of um, algorithms that have been set up. Uh, since then. Um, But of course, also as the father of a mixed race daughter, um, he really felt that uh, reshaping or sort of changing those roles within the social media companies because of the huge role they have in society was something incredibly important. And in fact, it was uh, something that both of them referred to in the conversation about this awareness of having uh, mixed race children and of course the diversity that often lacks in the online space itself. I've been heartened when I have seen other people in similar positions who have stepped down uh, to create opportunities for people of color. I still, you know, I don't have to look too hard to see there's a lot more work to be done. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to sign myself up for that because I, I, owe, it to, I owe it to a lot of people um, and, and I'm, I'm ready for the challenge. Well, you know, one of the things that you had said actually on the heels of a piece that my husband had written for uh, Fast Company, you wrote Leaders Lead. And I think that's what you're doing. Just, I mean, thank you for saying that about the work that, that he's doing. This is something obviously we're both really passionate about, but that's what you're doing. You are leading by example. And I think, you know, I'm sorry to hear that you're still receiving hate mail. I know we have shared experiences in being in interracial marriages and, you know, raising small children who are of mixed race and how that plays into that. I think what was interesting about these conversations was I think many expected to feel as if they were being lectured by Harry and Meghan, who are, whilst very well versed in the things that they talk about, relatively new to the conversations um, that have long existed within uh, the tech space and many other organisations are also involved in sort of pushing uh, or ushering in change for. And it was great to see this sort of almost student-teacher role with a couple who were there to, almost alongside the listener or the viewer, learn along the way. It was a chance for us to see what they've learned over the time, but they were really there to hear what the experts, what the professionals had to say. And that was very much evident when the Sussexes sat together to interview Tristan Harris, who's the um, Silicon Valley vet. He founded or co-founded the Centre of Humane Technology and of course, as many of you will remember or have recently seen, uh, one of the most prominent voices in Netflix's Social Dilemma uh, documentary. He was also alongside Safia Noble, who's the author of a fascinating book uh, called Algorithms of Oppression. Uh, Safia will actually be coming on a future episode of the AirPod, so do look out for that. Uh, so yeah, as I said, her book really offers an in-depth look at how the negative biases against women of colour are so deeply embedded in search engine results and algorithms and that's something that you know will be very 
it was so interesting to talk about and we very interesting to, to speak to Safia about later on. But we heard during this discussion, Harry and Meghan really sitting back and listening to what the experts had to say. Safia referred to Meghan's own experiences of being the target of online hate and went on to explain that if one's a part of a community targeted with hate, disinformation, calls for genocide, calls for racist violence against you, misogyny, whatever it is, those harms don't just live in the platform. As she went on to say, they often extend to shaping behaviours that also people also act upon. And she said, this is why we have to understand the power and potency of these technologies. And uh, Tristan himself spoke about, um, well, both of them really spoke about, and Harry and Meghan heard about how racism and sexism, as we have spoken about much on this show before, is kind of big business on ad-driven platforms and social media itself. You know, much of that uh, really unpleasant commentary within sections of the media and, of course, online uh, was often fueled by racist, sexist and xenophobic uh, views. And it's that business model that thrives on hate, negativity, controversial opinions and fake news, disinformation that is so problematic and something that Tristan not only spoke about in The Social Dilemma but also spoke at length about with Harry and Meghan. All of this really gives us very deep insight into what it is uh, Harry and Meghan's non-profit is going to be about without actually having mentioned it once during the, the episode, the full two-hour episode. But it really, I think, gave, for those of us who've been following it or those coming from the sort of Royal Watcher space that were very aware of what Harry and Meghan were building up to, uh, this really gives us a look at the change that they want to drive with the Archwell organisation. And we'll be talking a lot more about that over the weeks and months ahead. A lot more details coming out uh, as the work continues behind the scenes. Now do go and check out that full time episode if you haven't already. Uh, it's over at time.com or over on YouTube. I'd love to actually know what you actually thought of it. Uh, what did you learn? What was the surprise to you? Uh, what it is you would like to see change in our digital or on our digital landscape? Uh, some of you are the most sort of involved in the social space out there. It's always great to hear your thoughts. And of course, I think for anyone that follows the Royals, uh, certainly you'll be aware of a lot of the negativity that exists online, whether it's in comment sections that are hosted by mainstream media organisations or on platforms like Twitter or Instagram. We've spoken in the past about how the palace has often struggled to deal with that uh, deluge of negativity that often exists within uh, the comment sections under photos of members of the royal family. Um, and it's all it's all something that I think many of us would like to see change. Um, we'll be having a much bigger conversation about this on a future episode of the AirPod. Uh, next week will be Halloween week and I'm just going to leave it there. But I'll be back with Maggie. We'll have a couple of surprises. It should be a good laugh. Um, big thanks as always to the guys in New York, Mike Dubusky, Leighton Schneider, and Anthony Alley for bringing the show together. As always, guys, take care of yourselves, look after each other, stay awesome, 
and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.